0: Hello, you beautiful soul. Welcome to the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel Varga, the beauty side of Beauty and the Biohacker. If you would like to pick my brain as to all the wonderful ways that we can optimize your skin and rejuvenation journey, book your one-on-one with me. If you would like to work with Katie to optimize your sleep and biohacking journey, book a one-on-one with Katie. You can learn more about booking with us in the show notes of this episode or head on over to beautyandthebiohacker.com and you can find our one-on-one booking links there. Be sure to use promo code BB15 for 15% off of your one-on-one session with Katie or I. Enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode right here on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast with yours truly, Rachel Varga, and my fabulous fun co-host, katie type a we are on a mission to help everybody tuning in here to look good and feel good and all of that good stuff in between and be sure to subscribe to the podcast the youtube channel and hit the bell notification so that you know when we go live and learn about all things at beauty so katie take it away
1: Yeah, so just a little bit of background. Um, I am in the YouTube space, as you mentioned, Katie Type A. And yeah, my mission is really to help people, you know, achieve success without sacrificing their health or happiness. And I do that by really doing deep dives and investigation into some of the biohacking tech um, in the space right now. Um, And so, yeah, I've got about three and a half years of experience just self-experimenting on all the crazy gadgets I've been able to collect. And I am so excited to talk to David today for sure about how to purify some of the air quality around us because that is a huge factor.
0: Mm -hmm. So we're going to just share with you who David is, what he does. And David Milburn currently serves as the VP for the Young Trust, a tech-focused VC firm and the CTO of Hypoallergenic Air LLC. At HypoAir, Milburn has spent 10 years solving some of the world's worst air quality issues for clients ranging from aerospace manufacturing facilities to hospitals in Brooklyn during the height of covid over the last decade, he's assisted thousands of business owners, homeowners, and biohackers of all walks of life to solve their unique air quality challenges. David Milburn from HypoAir, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: It's great to be here. We love biohackers. They ask questions. Nobody else does. So, Oh,
1: well, you're in for a treat because I'm also a journalist. <laughs>
0: I I definitely told that
2: to (laughs) David. You're the professional here. That's great.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I think kind of just one of the first things top of mind for me is just kind of educating everybody about why they should even be caring about the air quality of their home. You know, sometimes you walk in and you're like, I don't smell anything strange or potent. And so, you know, is my air quality really that bad? And to be completely honest, like I've dealt with a lot of forest fires. I live in California. Rachel has too. So, yeah, I'm pretty aware about like some of the environmental air quality. Uh, issues going on. So tell me kind of like, you know, from a consumer perspective, how important is it to really make sure that the air within your home that you're isolating is high quality air?
2: Well, we don't want any of our customers to worry about air quality. I'd probably start with that. But it is an area to take seriously. And many of our customers are aware of a specific issue they're dealing with. And others have none, and they're just trying to optimize their health, they're trying to reduce exposure to toxins. And we almost, you know, we get the full spectrum, you know, between those two. But, you know, air is just like water or food, you know, you want to purify what you're getting, you want to reduce toxins, you want to help your body to naturally detoxify, and so that you can go out and be more resilient. And, you know, we deal with air quality issues that are severe, like wildfires, you know, obviously, the peak of you know a wildfire near your home you've got smoke you've got chemicals you've got you know very fine particulates it's going to be a very different day uh, for your home's air quality than the rest of the year and so we want to help you prepare for those type of situations as well as just to have you know more positive air and you know with something like beauty you know it's directly linked to skin aging. It's directly linked to, you know, meeting and rap meeting, reading and math scores in school. I mean, there's, there's so many areas that uh, sleep is going to affect you. Um, and so yeah, it's a big area to, to look at at least.
0: I love that you mentioned aging and skin health mm-hmm. and beauty and all that. Cause we had a really good chat on the Rachel Varga podcast before this, where I'm mm-hmm. going to answer some more questions a little bit more related to aging well but let's keep it a little bit more nerdy That's in good. this one mm-hmm. and in previous discussions with say Naveen Jain from from Viome and we had Lucas on the show recently talking about you know nootropics, mm-hmm. peptides, a lot of the information that mm-hmm. is used in the sort of like industrial aspects say with astronauts space, certainly is making its way into the more consumer um, market. So David, tell us a little bit about some of the research from NASA on air quality optimization that HypoAir actually uses.
2: Yeah, so we actually got our start about 10 years ago by commercializing a NASA technology called photocatalytic oxidation. Um, There's various forms of it on the market today, used both, you know, residentially and commercially, but at its heart, and this is something we like, it's replicating a natural process that takes place outside. And so what we wanna do is find those natural processes outside and bring them inside because our indoor environment is typically a place where you're introducing contaminants. You have sources of contaminants, but you have no mitigation. You know, there's no natural process that's breaking those down, that's removing them. And the, the NASA angle is an interesting one because it's such an extreme scenario. Where you're having to recirculate the same air over and over and over and over again. And especially if you're looking at long-term deep space missions where they might have to grow, like grow produce on the actual ship. Well, how do you deal with trace VOCs? How do you deal with something like ethylene gas? Um, is it just going to keep recirculating and growing, or can you actually find ways to, to efficiently remove it without a bunch of replacement parts, without a lot of energy, without taking up a lot of space. And so originally that was the PCO technology. So that's sunlight reacting with a mineral called titanium dioxide. Uh, we brought out our own uh, catalyst and it gets kind of nerdy from there, but you know, we're mixing different metals or different size um, uh, catalyst particles, so nanotechnology, and then you're using a specific wavelength of UV light to both be germicidal as well as to start the reaction. So that'd be one of our technologies. We use other ones. We believe in... You know, air quality, you need different tools for different scenarios. A lot of technologies have pros and cons, both from a cost efficiency standpoint. You know, certainly it'd be great if you could have everything in every room, but that's just not practical. Um, And so we have to find ways to make products both practical, efficient and effective, you know, for people's homes. Um, But yeah, NASA is, is a great scenario because you've got kind of the worst situation. If you can solve it there, you can solve it in your home.
0: I love it and catalytic converters if you've kind of heard that word before it's actually in every vehicle Mm -hmm. to reduce emissions and sometimes Mm -hmm. if those converters aren't working very well you need to replace them they're creating more pollution Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool you got your own little catalytic converter that you plug into your wall Mm -hmm. or um actually do with your hvac Mm -hmm. at
2: home it's Mm -hmm. the same thing that happens outside you know for the last maybe I don't know, 10, 20 years, there's been a lot of products on the market that kind of promise the world, but all they are is just like a very simple physical filter. And that's trapping some things, not most things, and it's having no effect on the rest of the contaminants. So with biohackers, a lot of the biohackers we speak to are concerned with something like mold for good reasons, especially if they're reactive to it. And so with mold, you've got um, this little creature that's growing on a surface somewhere in your home, maybe you can't even see it, it's putting out mycotoxins, these chemicals, it's putting out spores. And with a physical filter, all you're gonna be doing is trapping some of those spores and then feeding the spores more organic material so they can grow in the filter and keep producing chemicals and keep producing spores. So you need something that's more than just a physical filter. And sadly, our industry has been really bad at being truthful with, you know, the realistic applications for their products
1: mm-hmm. and with some of these devices that have these at-home filters you literally have to change them almost all the time because whenever you, you know if you let a couple of months go by and you take it out it's like looks like there's soot that's built up and you're imagining like well that's going on that's circulating all the time right. in my environment so like you know, it, it really kind of puts into perspective how much stuff you're accumulating. Now let's dive into kind of some of the symptoms that people might be facing that, you know, because I think it's it's sometimes really hard to know if you have, uh, you know, mold toxicity, um, you know, asthma is a little bit more, um, you know, apparent, but like even something like Lyme disease, like What should people be thinking about in terms of the symptoms that they're facing and how that might relate to the air quality of their home? And and Mm -hmm. how could something like HypoAir help there?
2: I mean, as far as symptoms, we'd we'd say go to a doctor that specializes in this type of application because... If you read about mold toxicity symptoms, it's basically everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the wildest things you can imagine. We hear people that suddenly they wake up one day and they can't like feel their toes. They, you know, their minds aren't working like a fog. You know, they have tingly skin. There's all kinds of things that you can experience. And one mm-hmm. of the things that our customers face that's frustrating is they might be the only person in their house that's reacting to that house. Mm-hmm. And that can that can be tough to deal with because you don't know you know, where it's coming from. And for a lot of people, mold in the air has never been even something you don't even think could be related to that. And, you know, we've had people that do some really basic mold testing in their home. And as soon as they see, oh, yeah, I do have mold, which you probably do. Um, Maybe that's what's affecting me. And then you, you could kind of pursue that path a little bit to reduce your exposure and kind of build up your resilience so you're not as reactive. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a journey. But yeah, with the health symptoms we're always going to point you to a doctor and that's actually how we first found biohackers it was the the moldy movie there had been a doctor that was featured in that that um, had been doing a lot of studies on our technology to use as one of the tools in, in reducing your exposure to mold and that's that's kind of what got us into the biohacking world was actually through through mold <laughs>
1: yeah i mean my first exposure to um kind of the dangers of mold toxicity in your environment was via dave asprey i mean he suffered Mm -hmm. from you know um mold exposure for years and that contributed to brain fog and migraines and all that That sort of stuff and Mm -hmm. it's funny because like as i think back to my childhood like we had terrible insulation, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, like, you know, the pink foam that you shouldn't be having in your home. We had a, Mm -hmm. we lived kind of over a swamp. So you can just imagine when the rain fell. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't until I moved out here to California that I started to realize some of those symptoms went away that I had when I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, how long does it actually take? For you to basically transition from one environment to the other to start to gain back some of this uh, resilience inside around your air quality issues. Right. So if you're yeah. facing some type of mold toxicity, how long can you your body bounce back and how does something like hypo air actually, I'm sure, like exponentially help with that?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, like we want to reduce your exposure to give you a space to recover. And, you know, like I've got a newborn now, so sleep is important. You know, you know, you want to protect that, you want to fight for it. And so having a safe place to sleep is going to be part of that recovery process. But, you know, we have people that do tests along the and they have mold in their, their blood and their body that comes up on tests a long time after you know we have people talk about childhood exposure basements or you know whatever the situation is you know it's going to be coming up in your body for a long time in some cases um so i don't have a great answer for that i think it's going to be very variable for the person Uh, but there are tests that people can run and you can kind of see what your levels are what might be affecting you both in your environment and other sources So, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: why don't you share with us you know how we can test the quality of the air in our home and Mm -hmm. figure out if it's poor and if we need to do something about it.
2: Yeah. I think, I think that the availability of do it yourself testing is improving dramatically every few months, actually, probably two years ago, there, there weren't really many good options at all. You'd be spending maybe $1,500 with a local, you know, professional, um, who's be taking some tests and give you something that's not very actionable. I think homebiotic is actually one of the more forefront ones right now. There's a few that are gonna be doing do-it-yourself cassette testing. So that's different than a Petri dish. On our site, we have a Petri dish. That's a very, very basic test, the Petri dish testing. Uh, The cassette is actually gonna be capturing kind of a sample of air, and then you're gonna be sending it to a lab to analyze how much there is and what it is, because quantity matters to us. You're gonna be exposed to mold outside you're gonna be ex- exposed to small concentrations. But if you're just being inundated at home with high concentrations of something that your body is reacting poorly with, that's where the concern is for us. We wanna reduce that concentration, reduce that exposure. But yeah, so Home Biotic is a good place to start. Uh, there's a few others on the, on the market um, that I think are innovating a lot and we're, we're actively looking into that. So we always encourage customers, feel free to reach out to us. We'll talk through some specific options for your situation. And, you know, you can pay thousands of dollars and not get anything good. So you got to be careful uh, with the testing.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, you know, before you invest so much money into just kind of analyzing your home and then you invest more money into detoxifying your home. What are we looking at price wise, like ranges for even this like kind of consent, um, you know, thing that you talked about? Like what, how expensive is this going to be as an upfront cost for people?
2: For the quality ones that you're doing at your on your own at home, I've seen like three four, five hundred dollars range for enough of a sample to really give you something that's actionable. The other thing you have to consider is pretty much hundred percent of homes have mold. So mm. you're probably going to have mold. It's just how mm. much it is, and so you kind of have to decide how much data do you need before you start acting as well. That's going to be another thing to consider here. Um, for some people, it's going to make a real big difference to find out more. Sometimes you might just want to be proactive, but you do want to see what, what are the outside levels as well as the inside levels. So you can kind of get a, a benchmark there in your area. Maybe the outside levels are really high and indoors low or vice versa. And that's going to give you some some good data there. But yeah, three to $600. If you have a professional come in, easily $1,500 to start, mm-hmm. if not more. And a lot of times I see those where people send us a report and say, okay, I spent you know, $1,200 on this. What do you <laughs> think? And it's like, well, it says you got mold. I'm sorry. That's about all it says. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't tell you, tell you how much, maybe it tells you some of the things they found, but not concentrations. And so, you know, sometimes you don't get what you pay for in this space, sadly, but uh, there's a lot of good innovation though. So yeah,
1: I mean, if you say like most most homes, majority of them do have mold and then you have somebody, it's like, doesn't take a rocket scientist to know. So I mean, yeah, I think save your money, get one of these kind of at-home kits, you know, it's sort of the same thing as like, you know, why you would, you know, not go to a sleep lab or not, you know, go get all these like crazy panels done. There's a lot of at-home things that you can do nowadays. Mm -hmm. And that's really where I sort of put my focus in, in like, how can you take care of yourself at home? And so knowing that there's something that's so easy to use and looks at both the outside and the inside. I think that's key. Um, so that, so we can certainly include some of those links in, in our description below for people. So right. they have that resource.
2: Yeah. And I, I would also say with air quality testing, you're pretty much always only going to be looking at one type of contaminant, which is great, but just to have realistic expectations when you go in there, because you could have a home with no mold and extreme VOC exposure, or, mm. you know, you could have no mold and you've got a wildfire out, out your front door. So that you, so there are kind of different Aspects to the full spectrum of what's in your air, and it's not as simple as we would love it to be uh, to just do a very simple test and see everything. But you got the biologicals, you got the particulates, you got the sizes of particulates, you got the chemicals.
1: Um, no. So that's great, you know, information on um, on just kind of really getting a grasp of. All of the different components, because as you mentioned, you know, there, there are so many different factors that I think the average consumer isn't even aware of that's going on in their home environment. But, um, but let's kind of focus on, you know, the germ aspect. So if you're thinking about you know, obviously in today's day of age, we're all kind of being a little bit more, there's more heightened awareness around this. So I've always heard that, you know, germs on door handles, it's it's one of the most, you know, prolific places for that to happen. So how does your technology actually help eradicate some of those germs on door handles?
2: Sure, we like to use that analogy because it kind of sticks in your mind, Um, you know, a dirty handle uh, because that's what our technology is able to do. It's actually able to kill a virus both in the air and on the surface um like a door handle or like a surface near the unit and that's that's been something we've been talking about for years and most people didn't care it was kind of like a nice thing that was kind of interesting but i think we all got a crash course last year in the spread of of Mm -hmm. germs uh, both through the air and surfaces and so with with our technology one of them um, like the one behind uh, rachel there uh, the germ defender is using our polar ionization technology so that's splitting water vapor into positive hydrogen and negative oxygen ions Those guys are able to steal hydrogen from something like a protein spike and a virus. And so that was actually maybe the first residential air purifier in the world to have SARS-CoV-2 testing uh, because we were able to test it on a surface outside the unit. Um, Doing airborne testing wasn't even safe at the kind of the highest tier lab um, in the U.S. So they were only doing surface testing. So we said, okay, let's just show how it kills it on the surface. And we actually came into 2020 with MERS coronavirus testing again, on a surface uh, outside of the unit. And so we're able to actually make the environment more like it is outside where these viruses can't survive for a long time uh, by introducing the same natural ionization that would be out there.
0: So So I have a question. You talked about mold exposure outside, and I certainly see a little bit of an uptick (laughs) of, say, things like Contact dermatitis or just Mm. general redness and skin irritation. And if you're tuning in here, this isn't medical advice. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. It's educational purposes only. But I definitely come across people that have um, actually listed on their health history having sensitivity to mold exposure, which is great. I'm seeing Mm. more people notice this and actually convey that to me as their provider. But I also see people know that they're sensitive to some of the molds from outside so change of season we're looking at you know fall Mm -hmm. the leaves are falling tell me about some of the molds outside and then i'd love to make some links here with with skin health and how to kind of detox our bodies and if air purification should be a cornerstone of that
2: sure i mean one thing that comes to mind is my oldest son he's about five now um he has seasonal outdoor allergies, so he goes and plays in the leaves and all that. And there for a while, he would come back to nap in the afternoon. And he's out having respiratory issues, kind of coughing and, and just kind of fluid buildup. And so we took a really proactive approach in creating a safe space in his room for his body to recover and naturally detoxify. Because you're going to still be exposed outside. We don't want to prevent that, but if you can kind of create a, a place for the body to recover. Now, when you go outside, you're not as, um, activated and your body can deal with that a bit better. Um, so that'd be kind of the first thing is we want to help you build that resilience. We don't want you to live in just a bubble at home. You know, we want you to have a safe place that you can recover, that you can sleep, and then you can go outside and be exposed. <laughs> um, but, um, if you're being constantly inundated and your body can't do that, you're, you can't detoxify you're just You just have so much that you're being hit with. Um, so that'd be the kind of the first thing, but skin is something that our company doesn't um, talk about as much you know we're often always talking about lungs and your exposure to all these things but the skin is porous and the particulates that we're talking about are a fraction of the size of a, a pore in your skin so these things are the same kind that can go right into your skin pores they can lead to the you know premature aging you know there's been direct correlations between both indoor and separately outdoor pollution and your skin aging there's been direct correlations with VOC, so chemical exposure and you know reactions on your skin. And so this is just another where way that toxins are being you know hitting your body, both physical particulates, chemicals, you know mold, you name it. Um, the skin is so porous that it's just it's absorbing those things in.
0: This is why cleansing is so important. You definitely want to be doing, say, a double cleanse in the evening and then another <laughs> cleanse in the morning with a a, a properly formulated facial cleanser, not just a splash of water, so that exactly you're getting those particulates off of your skin. And absolutely, there is clinical published data that links higher skin sensitivity and also acne in countries and climates where there's um, more air pollution. So I definitely agree with you on that.
2: And it's hard to picture a lot of these things because they're so small, you know, we can't see them. Um, we use the term PM 2.5. It's kind of a buzzword in the air quality world. And that's 2.5 microns. A human hair is around 70 microns in diameter. You know, a skin pore is maybe 50, maybe on the lower side, 20, we're talking 2.5 and smaller. So they're, they're extremely small and your body just doesn't have a natural defense against those.
1: Mm. So I I am really excited to kind of dive into some of the areas of the home that are most susceptible to mold. I kind of think I have an idea just based on, you know, common sense. Um, But before I get into that question, I kind of want to maybe throw a little curveball at you. And I totally understand if you cannot answer this right now, but uh, yeah, it just came up to me because you were talking about detox pathways and I was thinking of like, oh, how could I stack... My biohacks. So, like, I'm thinking, you know, we're getting an infrared sauna, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like, I'm detoxing, sweating. It's probably going to be a little bit of a moldy environment would it make sense to bring in something like the hypo air, a hypo air product into the actual sauna? Is that going to be effective? Uh, is it going to cancel each other out? You know, maybe you could unpack that a little bit if you can.
2: <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, it's it's not going to cancel each other out. Um, we would just want to have the right unit for the, the humidity levels, uh, that you're, that are in there, that'd be a, probably the one consideration. Uh, and we do have units that can operate in hundred percent humidity. Um, and so there, there are absolutely our applications for that. And, you know, things like any place where you're sweating, where you're, you're, you know, um, you're trying to detoxify, you've got things that are in the air as well. And so you can always use a unit like ours. And, you know, one of the things we struggle with as a company is focus because there are so many applications, you know, we deal with, you know, food processing, with food transportation, with, you know, casinos, resorts, medical applications. Gyms. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're in some of the, you know, the high, really high-end gyms, really high-end hotels, you know, you name it. There's, there's a lot of really unusual applications, ice machines, you know. So there's a, there's a lot of strange places, but yeah, air quality is going to have a, a difference there as well, so. Mm-hmm. Katie yeah. that
0: was a brilliant idea asking about hypo air in your sauna unit mm-hmm. because when we had crazy forest fires here my hubby and I did a sauna session together and is an infrared sauna session and I left the sauna to go get some more water I came back in and it reeked so all mm-hmm. these toxins are actually coming out of your body and into the air mm-hmm. so I think that is a freaking gold star biohack. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah that'd be great yeah
1: yeah I mean, mean maybe
0: you guys can collaborate with some Mm -hmm. you know
1: infrared sauna and have something already built in so you don't have to actually you Uh know assemble it yourself it's kind Mm -hmm. of a two for one so just putting that there into the ether
2: i like it. yeah i think there's going to be a lot more innovations like that and you know we want to be working with people like refrigerator manufacturers i think i can talk about that kind of thing but um you know basically something like a refrigerator there's a lot of air quality issues inside of there too um You know, Mm -hmm. washing machines, sources of mold, dryers, cars, cars, HVAC, their AC system. You know, there, there's a, there's many places that have, have um, room to grow, I think.
1: Yeah. So let's come back actually one second to the, the home, like rooms in your home, you know, you mentioned kind of your laundry room or, you know, I'm, I'm guessing the bathroom, maybe the bathroom isn't as susceptible as say something like the kitchen. So what should people like, where are the areas of the home? If you were to get one of these smaller units, where would you get the most bang for your buck essentially?
2: Sure. Yeah. The kind of the the main thing is you're looking for humid environments. That's like the number one thing. If you got a roof leak, a flooding, a bathroom, you know, kitchen, any place where water or dampness is creating a nice little home for the mold to grow, that's really what you got to look at. And anytime you can address the source of that dampness is, is a good start. You know, so trying to prevent creating a little... Uh, ecosystem for the mold to thrive in is a good spot. You know, we look at places like the HVAC. You know, your AC system that you can't see—a damp, dark environment that no one looks at. You know, that's a good place to start. But I mean, we have people where you can't see it at all. It's under the carpet, under your bed. You know, it's kind of—it's a bad scenario. Um, and so, th- there's unusual situations. But yeah, if there's a leak, if there's flooding, if there's known humidity, you know, bathrooms where you don't have the vent on. You know a lot of those places are, are very susceptible to mold
0: i actually have used my unit in my bathroom and what was yeah. really funny because i think because of the ionic interactions with the device is the steam actually wasn't sticking to my mirror
2: yeah you said that last time <laughs> and you know it's it's a really interesting one because you know we have people that talk about mold growth on windows and visibly being able to see it not growing back but the humidity on the mirror is is one that I'm not sure about um, how that how that's interacting with, and maybe it's something we need to pay more attention to. So,
1: I was just going to quickly um, add one thing about kind of um, the range and the reach, because I, as I mentioned before, lived in a a large home with a basement that flooded, and so there were multiple rooms in that basement, and I'm just curious, you know, do one of these? How can you? purpose one of these units to like, you know, um, really trap all of the pollutants in a widespread area. How far is the reach here?
2: Yeah, so I mean, there's a few ways to tackle a home and the one of the hardest things is airflow. So if you've got a bedroom where the door is closed, having a unit on the other side is not really gonna help you. Um, that's kind of like the, the starting point to the conversation. Um, sometimes if you're only gonna do one thing, you could start in the bedroom, and create a safe place. We have customers that use one unit and rotate it around their home. That's another That's another good option. It's not ideal, but it's another good option. And you know, for a basement, like you're describing, if each of those rooms is completely separate, a single unit can't cover that unless we're able to install it in the HVAC system. So if there's a, um, a kind of like a, a centralized flow of air into each of those rooms, if you can kind of picture that, if you can go upstream and deal with the air there and then ionize the the air going, flowing downstream, you can cover each room of the basement or of the entire home. So we, we have units that will install in your AC system that have the, the benefit of both efficiency, so you can cover multiple rooms, as well as you know, you're trying to prevent mold from growing on something like the cooling coil. So the, the coils in there are, are perfect places for mold and biofilm to, to build up. And we actually have commercial customers that, The only reason they're looking at our product, sadly, is energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. So they're not actually looking at the air quality benefits, but if they can prevent mold from growing on the coils, those coils are much more efficient and they can actually reduce the amount of outside air. And so it's a big win for like a large commercial building to have these really efficient air handlers and AC systems. But for a home, it's a similar principle. You can keep a cleaner AC system, um, ideally reduce your energy uh, drain, And then also purify multiple rooms but that's not always practical for some homes maybe you're renting maybe you're an apartment you know we can install in those locations but maybe you don't have the kind of the authority to do that or you you don't want to make the investment there Mm -hmm. Um, but another thing to look at just as a general air quality thing is if you have ac are you changing your filters on a somewhat regular basis Uh, does your fan ever come on? Because you can actually program most thermostats for the fan to come on and circulate the air, even if it's not heating or cooling the house. I'm in Southern California and it's not always really hot or cold outside, but we schedule our blower to come on at least every five minutes. I mean, sorry, five minutes of every hour minimum. And so it's always circulating the air a little bit. And that's a good thing to do in in most cases.
0: Great, so tell us a little bit more about how hypo air could potentially turn an HVAC system into like a sanitizer. Mm-hmm. What does that mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we like the idea where you've already got this huge fan system, this distribution of air. Now you're going to add some type of purification technology to it. So you're both making sure the air is clean coming in, as well as dealing with contaminants as they're produced in the rooms. So yeah, we have units that will install inside the AC system. A lot of times they're going to install in what's called the blower, which is just the fan. Um, They're going to magnetically attach there, they're going to wire into the system, and then now every time your fan's kicking on, you're purifying the air in the ducts as well as in the rooms themselves. It's an efficient way to cover a lot of homes. There's a lot of versatility, but there's also a lot of variability with how HVAC systems are designed. I was just talking to this guy in the Canary Islands today, and he's got a very unusual system um, on this uh, kind of this um, villa property, and... know we can work with that but there there are some unusual situations too so
1: yeah my uh my dad actually his entire trade was hvac and yeah well i mean it was great but it was also terrible on his health because you know he was in like crawl space units like all these ducks and at the time i mean this was like the 70s and 80s they didn't have proper masks or protection
2: gear. Asbestos exposure and
1: exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, one of the things that we unfortunately, even though he was an HVAC technician, we didn't grow up with central air just because of the nature of our old house. And as I mentioned, it was on a swamp. So it was gonna take a lot of overhaul. So we had these like small window box units. Um does it work in those or does it, you know, you Mm -hmm. only can use this kind of in a central air sort of situation.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have systems that are going to install in in like a window-mounted unit, um, something that's called like a VTAC or P-TAC. A lot of like Mm -hmm. hotel rooms are going to have something similar to that. Normally, it starts to become less efficient to install in those versus just having a plug-in unit. Uh, You got the install. Units are a little bit pricier um, than just our plug-in units. Um, So it costs about like $900 for 2,400 square feet. But if that little unit's only covering like a thousand square foot room, it's not always, doesn't always make sense. Um, Cause in some, some houses you might have a house that's 5,000 square feet with a single AC system, or you might have a thousand square foot house with three AC systems. Um, so it, there's a, there's a kind of a, a big differences there. So sometimes just having a unit that plugs in the wall is going to be cheaper and more efficient because it's got its own built-in fan. And so that's what's circulating the air. So when there's not a duct system, it's less common. Uh, for Mm -hmm. residential applications
0: so tell us about the energy use of this wall unit that i have and Mm -hmm. also how should we maintain them
2: oh sure yeah so that one's our polar ionization technology um so that's uh we actually brought that out for biohackers for moldy bathrooms that was like the original thing because we had so many people that they had these isolated bathrooms that had mold issues and we had all these larger units for big areas and they're like well what about the bathroom and we're like well okay We'll come up with a small unit for that and it's been uh, fantastic it's actually been used in a lot of medical facilities in the last year because you know maybe they've got 18 separate you know operatory rooms it didn't make sense to have these big units so they use the the germ defender but um all to say so the polar ionization technology requires no replacement parts for life it's one of the reasons why we like it and it also takes about two watts of energy so it's less than a light bulb extremely efficient and so really the only thing you're doing it's got a pre-filter to keep the unit clean, you're gonna wash that regularly. We, we say like once a month, but it really depends on how dirty your air is. You know, maybe, maybe you've got three dogs sleeping in that room. You might wash it a little bit more often. Maybe you don't need to wash it even as often as that, but it's just to help you, the unit stay clean. And then there are some kind of troubleshooting tips if something gets clogged in the in the ionizers, you can always reach out to us. The manual has more information, but you know, we really want you to, to turn on our units, leave them and forget them for the most part, and just enjoy the benefit. We don't want you having to change a bunch of filters. We do have units uh, that we've worked with that have you know the highest grade of HEPA there are, and that, that can be very beneficial in some situations. A lot of times if someone has severe mold reactions, we're gonna combine the polarization there with a re- recommendation to have an H13 or H14 HEPA. That's gonna be like the high, H13 is the second highest, H14 is the highest grade of HEPA um, to help increase the speed of removal. Because the polarization is going to take those really small PM 2.5, it's going to group them together, and then a physical filter can cap- capture them faster. And if you can quickly reduce your exposure, then that's going to be a, a good fit for someone that's in, in a bad situation. But if we can, we want to not use physical filters because there's a lot of cost, a lot of waste there, a lot of just hassle. And so when we can, we, we like filterless technologies, but there is a place for physical filters, absolutely. And, and some of our other units, the ones that use our APCA technology, will require a routine uh, cell change every one to three years. So very you know, <laughs> very limited changes, uh, but um, yeah, eventually you will need to replace that part.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's a crazy question. I have a friend who uh, really wants to get a dog and uh, has mm-hmm. terrible pet allergies. So, would something like the HypoAir, you know, help mm-hmm. mitigate some of those symptoms? And you know, what would that look like?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to make uh, health-related claims to the allergies themselves, but if you can reduce your exposure, uh, that's what we want. And we absolutely have people that say, you know, um, actually, uh, someone that's worked with us on a lot of projects he uh, had the good fortune of being extremely allergic to cats and marrying a lady with several cats. (laughs) Um, And so um, when that was, when he was first engaged uh, he got her a unit and suddenly he had a lot less symptoms. So if he wasn't Mm -hmm. picking up the cat, uh, but again, we have to be a little careful with how we did talk about that, but uh, we do want to reduce your exposure to airborne allergens and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, cats and dogs, they're people, they're just like us when it comes to air quality, you know, you know, dog kennels use our technology to reduce something called kennel cough. You know, they deal with the same kind of allergies and mold issues that people do in, in a different way, but um, they have similar uh, problems too. And, you know, we like to help with odors. And, you know, actually, a uh, kind of a funny story. We, we had a, um, uh, a customer that had our products and dogs, and they went on vacation. Their dogs were home, and they came back and they said, oh no, the dogs got out. Cause they couldn't smell them <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they came running up. Um, but uh, they were like, uh, c- because you've been gone. Cause sometimes when you're home and we talked about this before, Rachel, but you know, like you have some blindness to the odor in your own home. And then when there's a change and you come back now, it, now it smells different. And actually we had a dog kennel that they, they installed our technology. They said, it doesn't really work. We can't really tell if it's working. Like, why don't you guys take it back? You know, we, you know, we give a, you know, refund policy and we're just like, sure. You know, no problem. We bring it back. And then three days later they called and they said, we're so sorry. We didn't realize how bad it smelled in here, but once they got reduced and then it came back, they realized that's actually how it always smells. Uh, we just didn't realize it, um, because we have become so used to it. So that is a, that's a tricky thing that we deal with because our noses are not the best Um, indicator of how our air quality actually is.
0: It's actually called olfactory desensitization. Once you smell something, the way that it gets sensed is actually when those little particles enter a specific olfactory center in your brain. And then that creates, you know, this chain of peptides that allows us to sense smell, which Mm -hmm. is kind of cool. Yeah.
2: And we hear that a lot with people going to hotels because, you know, it doesn't matter how nice the hotel is. You go into that room, a lot of times it smells different. You know, you might be picking up on a musty smell. You might be picking up on the VOCs from the cleaning chemicals that you're not used to, but those things might be happening at home too. Um, So you just can't smell.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, and, you know, especially talking about kind of this, um, you know, we, we touched a little bit on this, like, where you are not even aware of kind of, you know, the change in your environment because you've become so used to it. So, uh, you know, kind of turning things a little bit on its head, you know, if you are constantly, you, you know, traveling with the small hypo air units, you've got them in your house, you are basically, like, protected... From all sorts of, you know, air quality issues, and then you're exposed to some poor air quality. Like, could overuse basically of a air purification system basically lead to an intolerance of, you know, any air quality exposure?
2: Sure, yeah, and we get that question pretty much only from biohackers, and I love it. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> uh, Yours surely. thank you.
2: we <laughs> are thinking ahead, and um, yeah, I love that. Um, so. In general, we see people in in very unhealthy environments, and we're wanting to bring that more to a natural um, state. We're not looking to sterilize your environment or create this sterilized bubble. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about sanitization, so constant reducing of your exposure, not completely eliminating it, but we want to build your resilience. So when you go outside, you know, when when my little boys go and just jump in a pile of leaves or whatever we want you to have that resilience so that that you can be exposed and not have an issue mm-hmm. in 20 30 years you know if the if our technology is everywhere indoor outdoor you know maybe that's you know we have to have more conversations and we're actually uh, we've had a lot of interesting conversations with the home biotic crew on reintroducing positive bacteria you know studying how how it's reacting you know in these environments cuz we want to reduce the unnatural concentrations that we're being exposed to and bring it back into a natural environment and um, so, yeah, these are important conversations to have as we as we go forward.
1: I mean, it's kind of like the hand-washing phenomenon, right? It's important to wash your hands to sanitize, but if you're washing them so, um, you know, all the time and you're just so diligent about it, it, you know, you do start to kind of lose some of the healthy bacteria that is actually good for your body. And and so it's good to know that, like, that this product that you have, even if you are using it to the maximum degree, like a biohacker would, it <laughs> still you know your your body is still going to be able to you know respond well to changes yes. in air quality that's mm-hmm. great
2: yeah yeah biohackers tend to say give me your biggest one yeah
1: that's what oh. i'm kind of thinking i'm like okay how can i have this me all the time <laughs> when are you know traveling and all that and sure. what's great is like hypo air does make it accessible you have so many different sizes you can travel on a plane with it which is like Definitely the the thing I would probably use it the most for, because, you know, when you're in that kind of air environment, it's, you know, that's really yeah. the, one of the least sanitary and, and on most unsafe places kind of right now for yeah. me. Um, and so that I think is just absolutely genius. So, um, but yeah, I'm thinking go big or go home with these kind of things. Yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> If you've ever watched, in, watched a, a simulation of what happens when someone sneezes on an airplane, it's, it's going to make you think.
1: <laughs> you, you, you'll never want to go back on a plane again. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. They, they recirculate like about 50% of the air a bunch of times really quick. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not good.
0: I have a question for you, David. In our kind of closing remarks here, where do you think the future of air purification is going in relation to our health optimization? Are you going to be doing more partnerships with some of the research that's actually happening in space? Because we got to think to the future, guys, what's going on up in the skies definitely uh, has a direct impact to what we're doing here. So where's the future of air purification and air quality headed?
2: I think it's gonna be interesting. And that's a good question. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see the applications actually roll out um commercially in large scale. Things like refrigerators, ice machines, cars. I mean, why you know, why a Tesla doesn't have something like this inside the HVAC system is beyond us, you know. Um there's there's so many applications for this type of technology in airports, airplanes, um that it's gonna be really interesting to see because it goes beyond just exposure to say particulates or odors. There's a lot of scenarios here that we're talking about. I mean, we work with, you know, wineries and their aging rooms, you know, um, you know, cider like biohacker cider, cider manufacturers, you know, cheese aging, you know, you name it. There's a, there's a lot of things you wouldn't imagine <laughs> um, until you get into it where the, these are, this is a really big application can have a tremendous impact, um, so.
0: Yeah, I love being able to talk about air purification in the space of skin health optimization and aging well, because we're kind of in like this pollution soup these days, especially when we're dealing with environmental changes with forest fire smoke. And it's almost like I want everybody tuning in here. If you don't have any air purifiers in your home, get ready. If you're on the West Coast to be able to handle the significant changes in our air quality In the upcoming summer months what's what's your take on that
2: i mean most people have no tools to deal with a situation like that and it's sad and a lot of times we see a huge spike in interest or demand but by the time you do any research it's pretty much too late in most cases you know sometimes you can't get a unit the next day to help you when that happens so we we do want you to have more tools kind of at your exposure at, at your disposal for when those situations come up. But yeah, I'm in Southern California too. The wildfires last year were probably some of the worst in my life. And
0: I'm up and- in Canada and it was, it was, you know, mm-hmm. 10, it was like 11 or 12 out of the scale of 10 up mm-hmm. here too.
2: Yeah. And I mean, we're talking, it's almost like a, like a hundred times, you know, I'm making that up, but I mean um, the, the multiplication of the air qualities contaminants during that time is so off the charts. You know, it's not just like a little bit worse. It's just way through the roof. Um, So if you have no tools at your disposal, you know, it's tough. Um, You don't have any options, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll just say anecdotally, the fires happened. We were scrambling. We literally had to travel like several miles to find one store that just happened to have one purifier left and we got it in the nick of time Mm -hmm. and we were we thought we were forward thinking like we thought we were getting it fast enough and it was completely sold out so i think really that raised our awareness of like oh my gosh if only we had thought about this six months ago we had this thing ready to go instead Mm -hmm. of waiting to the very last minute and then and then you know then you're kind of you know Mm -hmm. sol if you can't find something
2: yeah, I mean, we sold out of pretty much everything we had multiple times last year. And it was uh, it was really stressful for us in uh, a really challenging time because we wanted to help as many people as we could. But yeah, we actually sent a notice to our customers back in January about the coronavirus, January 2020. We said, you know, here's what's going on. You know, we actually have studies on this. You know, you're already prepared. You know, like at least you've got some some protection. And so that's kind of what we want our customers to have. We want them to already have you know, tools at their disposal before things come up um, mm-hmm. so that you're prepared.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great.
0: David, thank you so much for also, uh, including everybody who's tuning in, you can actually use the promo code B&B10 over at hypoair.com forward slash beauty and the biohacker. Uh, we're so grateful for your support here on the Beauty and the Biohacker channel and expen- extending that special discount of 10% off using the promo codes, which are going to be shared in the the show notes below. Do you have any closing words for us?
2: I always tell people this gets a little complicated. For most people, it's it's nerdy and it's boring. It might not be for you, but reach out to us with questions. Everyone's got a, a unique situation. We We deal with people that Maybe you're taking all the steps you can, but your neighbor is smoking three packs of cigarettes. You know, so there's so many unusual situations. We have people that, you know, they're biohackers as far as they can be, but they're living in an apartment downtown in a city. There's only so much they can do. So, yeah, reach out to us. We'll talk, talk through some of those, um, you know, individual situations and give you recommendations. So that would be. And so just reach out. Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic. Well, you are a great resource. And thank you for answering all my questions like a champ. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, th- this was fantastic. So really appreciate all of your knowledge. And
0: uh, yeah, looking forward to, to our continued partnership.
2: Appreciate your time, guys. Thank you. All right.
0: And everybody, you can learn more about this episode over at beautyandthebiohacker.com. Be sure to get on our newsletter where we share exclusive content only on there, and take advantage of this very special promotion that David Milburn from HypoAir is sharing with each and every one of you tuning in. And when you use that promo code in that link, it actually helps to support Katie and I so that we can continue to show up and create free content for you. So, Katie, do you have? Any- closing words for us
1: i i just think this is you know really the future of kind of um holistic optimizing of your home you know i think they're like right now i focus on you know my water supply and and you know other like supplementations and other things like that and i think that air is not sexy, and it's not something that you really think about because you're just constantly breathing. But I this really kind of raises awareness for me of how important it is to focus on it and how important it is to focus on it early rather than later because you do not want to end up scrambling when you actually need your air to be higher quality than the outside, you know. So this was really insightful. Thank you so much, David.